Section fifteen of War Letters from a Young Queenslander by Robert Marshall Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eighth of November, nineteen fifteen. Still living in an atmosphere of rumour and surmise regarding future destination, all of which is taboo at present. The indications are that we are going far away to a bleak spot. The future is delightfully vague, but we are in for some fighting. All our men want is a good rest, and then we shall be able to face the devil himself. He won't be a hard nut to crack after the Germans. The King's accident deprived us of a sight of him. Apparently there were all sorts of rumours at home that he was really wounded, and that the accident was graver than the published report. This is not true, and the account gave a truthful description of the accident. After a terrible week of rain we have had some dry, cold days. The roads are in a terrible condition, and the trenches worse than last winter. I had to go through them yesterday to introduce the new ambulance. We went ankle-deep in water to commence, and then slipped about in mud and deeper water. At one point the Hun turned a machine-gun on us, and we had to lie face down in the mud. The bullets came unpleasantly close. The parapet had fallen in in many places, and if this continues it will mean trouble for the front line. Thank goodness Brother Bosch is not much better off. In the places where we took his first line he is now in his second, which has no fine dugouts. Opposite one sector, the Hun has been hurling out abusive epithets at the Kaiser and inviting us to come over. The only reply was a vigorous bombardment. North of us recently two Russian soldiers came in. I should have liked to have seen our Tommy's faces when they surrendered. The men had been taken early in the war and were employed repairing the front-line defences. This violation of the rules of treatment of the prisoners of war is quite typical of the Hun. We had the results of a shocking accident today. Two men were taking a fuse to pieces when it exploded. One poor fellow lost both eyes and most of his face was blown away. The other lost an eye and a hand and part of his face. Both should recover, but they will be terribly mutilated. The writer here indicates that he again had to consider an important question. He had been offered a vacancy in a famous regiment, with whom he had previous temporary association. The officers want me, and it is a compliment not often paid. My O.C. does not want me to go. I have been shown much consideration, and am rather in a quandary. I am invited to replace a crack man, and that would be a step up. The ultimate decision lies with the ADMS, and I expect my O.C. will ask him to keep me on here. 11th of November, 1915 Referring to a description of a final leave send-off at a country station in Queensland, the writer says, Your remarks regarding the send-off to the men remind me of one of the scenes at Victoria Station when the leave train returns. Many of the men are drunk, but it is hard to blame them. They are a large circle of friends, and all make merry. In all probability some will never return. The poor fellows get little cheer out here. Since last writing we have moved to a spot about fifteen miles behind the firing line. It is the concentration camp preparatory to a long journey. It is rather picturesque, hilly country, and quite a change to the flats round Neuve-Chapelle. It must look fine in summer, but now most of the trees are bare, and leaves are falling fast. When going my rounds yesterday, I met a company sergeant-major who had been through Mons and was wounded. Miss Cavill assisted him to escape, and he was very full of her praises. I read a most amusing story in a French paper lately, which contains a great deal of truth. The French authorities gave ours a certain number of Legion of Honour crosses for our officers. Headquarters called for a list of names and got it, but the published list was quite different. After discreet inquiries, it turned out that two lists had been mixed. 
one was that of the officers selected the other gave the names of those inoculated against typhus and the latter got the cross from what i know of a distribution of honours the story is not beyond belief fifteenth of november nineteen fifteen we have had a very bad week of gales and rain and the cross-channel service has been completely upset now we have had a couple of dry cold days with heavy frost every night apart from my morning sick parade i have absolutely nothing to do and time hangs rather heavy to pass the time and in view of possible future events i have begun italian and with a bit of hard work i should get some knowledge in a month or two this may come in useful twenty fourth of november nineteen fifteen i have got a few days extra leave and am over here in london enjoying myself now that we are off east we are all getting as much leave as possible after this it will be good-bye to leave until we demobilize in camp in france we are resting and getting back to tropical equipment kits have been reduced especially of winter clothing and with the cold snap it is difficult to keep warm we had a smooth channel crossing and we were convoyed by two airships and a destroyer fifteenth of december nineteen fifteen referring to the preparations before leaving the writer says all this waiting about is very wearisome for we are right tired of everything i would rather be down at marseilles than hanging around these dirty farms we are in a colliery area and the country is very hilly we have nothing to do all day long and time hangs heavy we expect that the first troops to entrain will leave this week and it is not certain yet whether we will go with them then or later i have to get my thin kit yet but am waiting until we go east it is distinctly humorous to hear that you are sending me a sheepskin jacket my thoughts are more on sun helmets and short pants previous to this i have had a very busy time since i returned from leave the o c and two other officers were away since we left the firing line we have been moving around in a circle and during the shifts i had command of the ambulance when one has to act as leader of the procession and keep an eye on the transport it is no joke we have mules now instead of horses and the drivers know nothing about them and nor do i after my experiences last week i am firmly of the belief that a mule is the most cussed thing living when not biting and kicking he tries to go in every direction except the one you desire good drivers would make a difference but under our delightful system we get ex-naval men for instance with no knowledge of horse-flesh at all i am learning a trick or two during this war outside of technical work the following is the farewell address to the corps from the king which the prince of wales delivered to representatives from each unit message of his majesty the king emperor to the british and indian troops of the indian army corps in france officers non-commissioned officers and men of the indian army corps more than a year ago i summoned you from india to fight for the safety of my empire and the honour of my pledged word on the battlefields of belgium and france the confidence which i then expressed in your sense of duty your courage and your chivalry you have since then nobly justified i now require your services in another field of action but before you leave france i send my dear and gallant son the prince of wales who has shared with my armies the dangers and hardships of the campaign to thank you in my name for your services and to express to you my satisfaction british and indian comrades in arms yours has been a fellowship in toils and hardships in courage and endurance often against great odds in deeds nobly done in days of ever memorable conflict in a warfare waged under new conditions and in peculiarly trying circumstances you have worthily upheld the honour of the empire and the great traditions of my army in india i have followed your fortunes with the deepest interest and watched your gallant actions with pride and satisfaction 
i mourn with you the loss of many gallant officers and men let it be your consolation as it was their pride that they freely gave their lives in a just cause for the honour of their sovereign and the safety of my empire they died as gallant soldiers and i shall ever hold their sacrifice in grateful remembrance you leave france with a just pride in honourable deeds already achieved and with my assured confidence that your proved valour and experience will contribute to further victories in the new fields of action to which you go i pray to god to bless and guard you and to bring you back safely when the final victory is won each to his own home there to be welcomed with honour among his own people we have also had a very warm note from field marshal french i believe he has a very high opinion of what we have done we all have nicknames and they are used always one has to keep merry and bright on a show like this there is quite enough gloom without adding to it twelfth of december nineteen fifteen things are jogging along quietly but surely the weather has been awful gales and rain every day and no likelihood of immediate improvement during the last four days there has been rapid progress in transference of our division all the troops have gone and we go in two days yesterday i spent a very interesting time at the station watching some units in train i was there for a purpose because when we move i am to be in charge of the loading operations just another job for me and further experience as a handyman the journey will take at least four days instead of twenty-four hours mail train we will probably have two halts daily to stretch our legs and do some cooking i may be in an ordinary truck it will get us used to what is in store for use lately brother hun has been dropping fifteen-inch shells in a mining village about four kilometres from here it is twenty miles behind the firing line but there is an object in his methods that is to destroy a big ammunition depot so far he has not succeeded it was cheery news to we old veterans to know that shells were again somewhere near us apparently the authorities are going to recognize at last that our native troops deserve some honors for what they have done lately we sent in a list of all the men who had done good work i was glad that my protege of september twenty fifth who ran the lime-kiln post so well has his name forwarded he well deserves all he will get the ramc up at the front do a lot of quiet work under very dangerous conditions they don't get much chance of the limelight we see most of the sordidness of warfare and little of the beauty if there is any but we see the heroism of our men i shall never forget what i have seen of the devotion of the indian soldiers to their officers one has read of it and i have seen the glitter of their eyes and their devotion when an officer meets them or comes in wounded the hun doesn't understand how it all can occur such feelings between officers and men are beyond him thirteenth of december nineteen fifteen we have been delayed over twelve hours and have just received brisbane letters of the thirty-first of october all night long the roads have been rumbling with the transport going over them and occasionally the skirl of the pipes native regiments are very partial to the bagpipes especially the hillmen the puthans and afridis we move out about eight p m good-bye now to bed for some days i am hoping to get a stretch out in a closed wagon wagon space for eight horses equals thirty-two to forty men you may remember the legend men thirty-two to forty horses eight now we are to go through the mill referring to letters from brisbane the writer says the unrest at home is reflected in all your letters we too are very tired of reading the claptrap since a certain pressman who has written glowing accounts was sent home from the dardanelles by the censor he has been trying to get his own back by acting the part of a pessimist it is poor comfort to the lads out here and elsewhere to read such tosh i believe the front-line trenches on both sides especially around ypres are in a shocking condition 
they are non-existent in many places the parapets having subsided there have been abnormal rains in a normally waterlogged country and the result is awful rats have become a terrible plague and something will have to be done soon we know something of the conditions and the men have our warmest sympathy it will be good to get to a dry sandy soil again end of section 15 end of war letters from a young queenslander by dr robert marshall allen read for librivox by dr beth thomas for the centenary of the gallipoli campaign april 2015 lest we forget